Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for a long-awaited episode, uh, three weeks <laughs> too late, uh, but it still is worth bringing it to you because we got nothing else to talk about other than 24 and something else which will be coming soon, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure three people will be excited about, <laughs> two of which will be on the episode uh, we are here, though, not to talk about that. Uh, any vanity projects coming up? We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, James Gunn's final, question mark, MCU film, uh, as he's now working for the competition, for the opposition, for uh, the enemy. Uh, but the last stand for Marvel, and uh, we got Chris Pratt back, and Zoe Saldana, and Dave Batista and Bradley Cooper, and... Uh, Vin Diesel's voice and the girl from uh, Borat voicing a dog because that's what you expect her to voice after getting an Oscar nomination. And uh, Nathan Guardians Fillion. Volume. And Nathan Fillion, yeah. And Mark Rosenberg's uh, in this somewhere. I don't know what he plays, but he's in it. <laughs> and Ben and Colin uh, are probably even in there <laughs> voicing a branch on a tree or something like that. Uh, my name is Colin and even my butt is capable of metaphor. And my name is Patrick Swayze. Yes, Ben's not here for once. Oh, this is beautiful. I don't even like Patrick Swayze, but I'm so glad you're back. Oh, the rest in uh, peace, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> poor, poor man. There was a there was a quote about a poo, and I can't find it. And I was yeah, gonna, was that the same I, that's one? The that same you think, one I was looking for. Yeah, yeah like Drax well, says something about poos, and I was going to write in my phone, but I yeah I couldn't remember. That's my uh, my line about my butt capable of a metaphor. Is I think this exact same scene, but. Uh, yeah, so there's there's lots of poo in this movie, uh, <laughs> but the good kind of poo. Uh, Guardians Volume 3, uh, it's been about a week now since I've seen this movie. And um, I I don't know what my expectations were going in, because I mean, we talk, I don't think we actually covered a Guardians movie before, but we talked about a lot of the MCU movies. And I think I've said multiple times, like, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I consider like Guardians to be overrated, but I never quite got the love of, especially the first movie. I thought it was decent but flawed. The second one I thought was better, but the second one most people weren't as crazy about. Uh, And the third one, uh, I'm going to say this is the first time where I feel like they have a complete movie. Like this is a good movie. It's a good story. And I by far enjoyed this more than the first two movies. I'd say if I combine the first two movies, I like this even more than that. Um, I liked the first movie and I think I quite liked the second movie. Uh, again, seen them once, as with any Marvel movie. I saw them many years ago. Do I remember much of them? Not really, but I remember liking them. And I think I ranked, when I did at the time, maybe 20 of them. I think I ranked both in my top 10. Um, and kind of this was like literally a movie where I'm like, oh, cool, the new Guardians is out. Oh, cool, Marvel movie's out. Oh, cool, better see it. Continue my streak. And 
Yeah, I, I don't even know how I feel about it. Like it was, it was fine. I just, I just, I don't know if I'm just like so on the Marvel train of just like these movies are just there at the moment, and I just think they're just kind of so like so so, and it just there was just something about this movie where it got to a point where I feel the last like hour and a bit of this movie was just one long action sequence. It felt like it never was going to end. (laughs) And like, it was so hodgepodge some of the stuff. And I mean, the plot at the end of the day is they go to find a piece of material to save Bradley Cooper. Um, (laughs) I just felt there was no stakes to this movie. I, I don't know. Like, I don't hate this movie, but there was just something so underwhelming about it and just all over the place. And I think I just got to a point where I'm just like, eh, eh. and maybe that's just me in general, the MCU. I don't know. I just feel, since except for Spider-Man, uh, in a post-Infinity War world, nothing has just been amazing with this franchise. Yeah. Well, I, and I'll agree with you that. I mean, I I haven't really had a single because even with Spider Man No Way Home, do do you really give the credit to Marvel no. for the success of that? Thank I mean, you, it's, Sony. it's it's the Sony contributions that they wouldn't have happened without. Um, if you just made that the the Tom Holland story, the, the Tom Holland biopic, <laughs> <laughs> that that's how Ben would have made it if it was Ben Waterworth as Spider Man. But uh, yes. Uh, it, it I would have, have played Tom Holland. <laughs> you you are playing Tom Holland in Kill Phil Volume Three. <laughs> Often compared, and Ben Waterworth has Tom Holland, but uh, there really hasn't been anything that's wowed since Endgame. And this was the first one where I'm not going to say like I'm like oh wow wow wow, but this is the first one where like I really have very few complaints. But the the, the, ma- the major complaint I have was actually the thing I was most excited about for the movie, which I'll get to in a bit. But I get what you're saying about the stakes being lower. To me, that's why I like this. Like you've gone so hard on the stakes for the world is going to end. The world is going to end to just have a movie where it's like it is a personal story. And then you do add things in there. You know, there's I won't go into too many details, but there are things about, you know, oh, this world is in jeopardy. It's like, is it our world? No, but uh, there's some type of connection there. But the fact that it was just more of a personal story and especially a personal story that I, I don't know how much came out before the movie, but I know since it's come out, James Gunn has said, this is Rocket's movie. Like I specifically saved certain things for the final one, uh, even to the point where apparently he had stipulations for when they did, you know, Endgame and Infinity War, where he said, okay, do whatever you want with the Guardians, but the one thing you can't do is you can't have this with Rocket because I've got plans with her. And so this has, I got the feeling watching this, like you at least had a plan from the beginning. You knew where you were going and to center it around just one character I thought was kind of refreshing. And then the other part being the first two movies are so loaded with comedy, which I rewatched both like the day before that I went to go see volume three. And it's not that the comedy doesn't work in those movies, but I feel like guardians one changed the MCU so much in that every movie after that had to be guardians. It had to be very funny. It had to be a comedy. And that's just gotten old now. And and there's movies that are comedies that the comedy doesn't belong in there. And in a weird way, I kind of like that James Gunn said, I'm pulling back on the comedy in the third one. This is going to be more of a drama. It's still going to be funny in parts, but it's not full in your face comedy. So these things, which I would think would probably be a little bit less popular with fans, doing a lower stakes story, doing a personal story and doing less comedy are things that I like, maybe just because I've grown tired of all the copycats of this series. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that for the most point. I mean, this movie is dark. This is, is this Mm. the darkest the MCU is? Like, I mean, people talk about Multiverse of Madness being dark and a bit horror. 
This movie freaked me out and scared me more than fucking yeah. Multiverse of Madness. I mean, god damn it, there is some really dark shit in this movie. It's freaking sad in some moments as well. And I, I really did actually like the rocket stuff and the the animal storyline and everything along those lines. And I'm sure we'll talk about the villain too. But it's the thing that still kind of irks me. Like, yeah, the comedy might not be as much as the first two, but it's just still this marvelness of just quip, 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 joke, joke, joke. Let's use this. Let's use that. And there's just some of it that just feels so forced and it goes on forever. And you're just like, okay, we get it, Marvel. You got to quip. You got to be funny. And then the thing that I kind of think, the one thing to me that really wore out its welcome in the Guardians universe is just this, hey, there's a bit of silence, so let's play some random song that you remember. <laughs> like, I mean, I get that was the appeal of like the mixtape of the first one and the second one, but I kind of think they just stretched it a little bit this time around in terms of this whole, like, even just the connections to like Chris Pratt in the 80s and all that kind of stuff. Like, it worked in the first two movies, whereas there's something about this time around where it was just... It was it was odd how they did it. And it's kind of... I was watching this just picturing the Suicide Squad a lot of the time. Obviously, you can't help that now with the James Gunn connection to it. And again, I'm putting my DC fanboy hat on. I think the Suicide Squad kind of did it better. And I, maybe James Gunn had his head more into that and his heart more into that than he did with this. I don't know. It's, I mean, this isn't a bad movie. I'm not saying I hate this movie. It's just there was just something just about it that just kind of didn't really overall stick the landing for me. And maybe, again, I'm just very, I'm not anti-MCU, but it's just, I kind of just see this based on obligation. If I didn't have mm -hmm. this streak, I wouldn't have gone and seen this movie and maybe watched it in a couple of years, perhaps. It, the soundtrack, I think that's something you have to talk about with any of the Guardians movies. Um, yeah. The first two, they definitely integrated the music a lot better than this one did. 100%. Uh, I, I completely get what you're saying with that because... Uh, when I'm looking through all the songs in the soundtrack here, I would say, you know, maybe half of them, I'm like, oh yeah, that made sense in the movie. And then the other half, I'm like, great song, but like, what is it doing at this point in the movie? And there's particularly one with the Beastie Boys yeah. where I'm like, how is this actually a song playing at this moment? It, it, you, could, you could basically see, oh, we need to incorporate a song, but because of the way the other movies have been done, it's like, it needs to actually be playing. It can't just be a song for the audience to hear. And you're like, this really makes no sense. Uh, the other one being, uh, the, I don't know if you were familiar before, the, the Space Hog song, In the Meantime, which was used in the trailers. One of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, I was so excited because especially that was the trailer song. And I mean, if you go back to the other movies, whatever song was playing in the trailer is like the most important one used in the movie. And in this, it's like, oh, this is a song that's playing as they're floating through space. Clever, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's just, I found it interesting because like you think about the first couple of movies and the iconic, like... I think about the second one, that was when they used um, Father and Son by Cat Stevens, right? And they, they opened that up with Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. Um, and the first movie I know had some iconic songs. Can I remember them off the top of my head? No. but I, I Fox on the Run. Fox, yeah, like that. And one of them used, um, oh, Fleetwood Mac. Um, oh, yeah. The Chain. Part uh, two, The Chain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I mean, Formula One fans know that is a theme of Formula One for a long time, but I fucking love that song. Um, whereas this one, like it just, I didn't, I don't think I saw one of the trailers, but to me, like it was a bit of a hodgepodge, I keep using hodgepodge, but like using creep by Radiohead in the manner that they did, like they kind of like, it just, mm -hmm. I know they're trying to go with that opening sort of nature they use with Mr. Blue Sky in the second one, which kind of, I see what they're doing, but then it's kind of almost like James Gunn or whoever was in control of the music of this kind of was just like, 
rather than just being purely 80s or whatever, let's, you know, he's got the zoom, ha, the joke, ha, and so let's move it forward. And then, like, I love Dog Days Are Over by Florence and the Machine, and actually maybe that was the one song that really struck a chord with me, the way they close that off. I think that kind of worked. But, mm. like, we deliberately have to fast forward into the 2000s just because. Like, it just, I don't know, like, it just, yeah. it felt a bit odd the way they were kind of all over with that. And I kind of, like... You talk about trailer music. I, I think we talked about back in Ant-Man that, you know, I'm still sad that that epic version of um, Starman or whatever it was, they used the the, the Elton John song. Or wasn't that David Bowie? Yeah. No, they used they used um, Rocket. No, what did they use in the... Um, I'm trying to remember what they used. Oh, uh, um, Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. They used oh, yeah. in the, uh, the Ant-Man trailer, which was not in the movie. Um, I'm going all over the place just like this movie, but I don't know. Like the soundtrack is a is a key part of the Guardians franchise, and I just this is to me just a bit all over the place. You know, it's funny. I saw this movie with my nephew, and every time we record, he's always like, "Oh, can I record the episode?" And I'm like, "We literally don't know where we record these." Which it, it came down to, we're we're here to record a separate episode right now. It's like, uh, "Do you want to do Guardians too?" Sure. Uh, but he's always asking to be on these. But, you know, he he actually said this is his number one favorite MCU movie. Doesn't and I'm he like, say really? that every time you watch it? <laughs> I swear he says that every time. Well, he didn't say it with Ant-Man. He didn't mind Ant-Man, but he didn't say it with Ant-Man. But uh, before the we saw the movie, he kept talking about, oh, he's so excited, especially for the new Superman movie. I'm like, ah. I'm like, you know, I'm definitely excited for, like, James Gunn's contributions for a lot of the you know, DC movies coming up, like Booster Gold, especially, I think he's suited for, but I'm like, I cannot picture, you know, James Gunn doing Superman. Yeah. And I, I I told him, like, for argument's sake, you know, I, I would I would also say prior to seeing Man of Steel, I never would have pictured Zack Snyder being able to handle it. But the one thing I will say that's positive is the way that James Gunn does handle the drama in this movie, the way he handles emotion gives me more faith with uh, the, the Superman movie because how a guy who had so little focus on any type of emotion in any of his movies prior to this, you know, guardians had a couple of moments here and there, but even when I rewatched them, I'm like, yeah, you know, like it's, it's an afterthought the way he can pull emotions out of animals. Oh yeah. And we're not even talking just rocket as a character. We're talking about flashbacks to just animals. Linda Cataleni. Like, yeah. Second MCU role yeah. she's ever had. Um, he pulls so much emotion out of these animals and it's, it's a writing thing. It's voice acting. It's the effects. It's everything. I'm like, now I have a little bit more faith in him being able to pull off something like Superman. That's a great point. I didn't think about that at all. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree. With that. I mean, like, I feel, I don't know if like, it sounds like I'm, I'm hating on James Gunn. I'm, I'm not hating on James Gunn. I'm, you know, we've talked at length about the, the DCU and kind of what they're going with that direction and how it will turn out. But yeah, I think kind of the moments that really, hit the hardest with me in this film that I liked were those emotional scenes. And yeah, the animal mm. stuff is absolutely insane. And, you know, props to Linda Cardellini is here. Like she was, she was Hawkeye's wife. Wasn't she? Is that what she yeah. was in, in, in the MCU? Um, but even, can we just give props to Bradley Cooper? Because I mean, I think you, oh, all, wow. you always forget that Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel are in these movies, right? <laughs> I mean, Vin Diesel, it's, you joke about it, right? I am Groot. I am Groot. But like, Bradley Cooper's freaking rocket. And you think about, you know, actors that are big and I'm telling you now, still, every time we talk about Bradley Cooper, give this guy an Oscar already, like more nominations, Leonardo DiCaprio, but no one jokes about Bradley Cooper missing out all the time. But I mean, I love Bradley Cooper to bits and I think he's fantastic in this. I don't know if you can get nominated for an Oscar for, um, for voice acting, but, uh, 
you know, I mean, we obviously saw Angela Bassett get nominated for an MCU movie. So, you know, he's great. It's really, really great. And I don't know, does he do like the voice of like little baby rocket? Like with a little voice? Because I mean... I figured they would use him. I, I, I didn't confirm, but I would think they did. Who does the voices of... So Linda Cardellini, who does the voice of the weird rabbit and floor or whatever they're called? Like, cause they sound familiar as well. Uh, yeah. Let me look that. Oh, okay, up. I'm seeing here. So Michaela Hoover plays Floor, and Asim Chaudhry plays Teeps. The famous. The, the, the <laughs> famous, <laughs> exactly. And Michael Rosenbaum, by the way, is one of those uh, ravagers. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's funny because I never knew he was in the movie. He's apparently I saw his in name it, in the credits at the beginning, so I was like, oh, where is he? Well, he's he's just a friend of James Gunn's. Like, him and James Gunn have known each other for a long time. And it, it's funny because, like, uh, he has multiple podcasts that I listen to, and he had mentioned, oh, yeah, when I did Guardians. And, I'm like, he was in Guardians. This is after I saw Guardians 2, and he's apparently even in Guardians 2, but it's, like, one shot. And even in this one, he's, like, he he, he doesn't do anything, but James Gunn's, like, Michael Rosenbaum's my friend. He's getting star billing. It should almost be Michael Rosenbaum and Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I do want to talk about some of my disappointments with like, they had so many characters and it's a good thing that they spent all this time focusing just on the guardians in this movie. I mean, all of them get, you know, something to do. I mean, Groot is just there. Groot is Groot, but you know, Bradley Cooper, obviously the majority of the story is about him, you know, uh, Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana get some some great stuff. I, I, I think what's most interesting about it, that it doesn't quite their storyline doesn't quite resolve the way you think it's going to resolve. Yeah, which I did like. Same. Uh, and obviously Batista, you know, you know he's got something. The Mantis got something. But um, it's a lot of these side characters where James Gunn has spent multiple movies building them up, only for them to amount to nothing. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> He's here for like Shock. a blink and you miss it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to do that. Me but, uh, read books. He's barely in it. Michelle Yeoh, who was teased during the post credits of volume two is not even in this movie. So why did you tease her? And the the big one being the, the new introduction, Adam Warlock, which, I mean, you don't know the comics, so you don't realize what a big deal he is. Well, he I, yeah, is. I, I saw all the controversy around this, and I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I barely even remember him being introduced in the second <laughs> one. So, yeah, like the post credit scene, we introduced him. And when you watch this movie, like that was the thing I was most excited because I would rank Adam Warlock up there as one of my top Marvel combo characters. Like, I've been waiting for it. The reason there's been so much anticipation for him is A, because the Guardians of the Galaxy, when it relaunched, you know, the the modern version of Guardians, which introduced like the team of Star-Lord and Mantis and all these others, and even Cosmo the dog. They, they give Cosmo the dog more to do than Adam Warlock in this movie. Adam Warlock is like the number one or shared number one with Star-Lord in the comics. Mm. And even aside from that, you go back to Infinity War. The Infinity War storyline was Adam Warlock's storyline in the comics. The, the, the little diamonds you see in his forehead is one of the Infinity Stones. And so... The fact that they have not introduced him even in the Avengers movies prior to this is sort of like, how do you not introduce him? For them to just build up this character, tease him at the end of the second, and then in this, it's like, I I kept forgetting he was in the movie, and he was the thing I was most excited to see. It was a total letdown. I'll give credit to Will Poulter, the guy who plays him. Uh, There's moments in this where he does really well, but the other part is like, it's a total misinterpretation of the character because the character is meant to be this creation. He's a creation to be basically a genetically engineered god he has godlike powers but because he's essentially a newborn he doesn't have the maturity to understand what he's doing hey i just destroyed 
you know, uh, all of Ukraine. Uh, you're not supposed to do that, sir. Why? I have the power to do it. But they they misinterpreted it where they basically just have him as like an eight-year-old boy at time where he's like goofing around. I'm like, this does not work. But the moments where he is like all powerful Adam Warlock, I loved it. But as somebody who's not familiar with the comics, I wasn't sure if this is going to be one of these things where you're like, hey, I actually didn't mind him in the movie. I did, but to be honest with you, again, as I said, I forgot that he was not even introduced in the post credit scene. I mean, you mentioned Michelle Gell. I don't remember that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. and I only kind of really saw this was a, a thing when I watched the pitch meeting on YouTube and said, oh, they made a reference to it. And they're kind of like, oh, we're going to bring in uh, Adam Waller. And they're like, oh, are we? Yes, totally. <laughs> He'll be in the movie somehow. We'll remember that. Um, so, yeah, he was fine. Um, I mean, it kind of, is he kind of the MCU's version of Superman or something? Because he's kind of all powerful and yeah, I, I don't know. It was just I think overall, like it just it was the plot of this film. Like I, I get what you're saying earlier when you said like the low stakes of it, but kind of just having him come in to then be like, "Hey, I want Rocket," and then we've got like this crazy scientist guy who's just like, "Hey, cool," and like I still I'm still trying to process the plot is why he wants Rocket in the first place, like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just, yeah, and, and everyone else in it, like, because I think Dave Batista's come out and basically said, like, this is it. I'm not, I'm not playing this character anymore. But I mean, he's mm-hmm. freaking hilarious and great and just yeah. amazing. Um, Chris Pratt, there were some times in this film where I'm just kind of like, does he even want to be there? But like, then there were times <laughs> when he like delivers some amazing stuff. And I'm with you. I think the stuff with him around Zoe Sedana's character as well, like, it, it does not go the way you think it's going to go, uh, which I found very interesting. Oh, James Gunn's brother playing the the guy with the the quill. Sean Gunn, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of, you know, there. And then, and the, yeah, the space dog girl. Like, I know I love the holiday special and it's all about Kevin Bacon, but, I mean, I can't even remember this freaking dog and the whole thing about, like, I'm a good dog, I'm a bad dog. Ah. Yeah. Um, but I, can I honestly, like, and I'm not just saying this because we talk this guy up every single fucking time we've got a chance to talk to him. I fucking love Nathan Fillion. And I just love yeah. the fact that he's in this movie and has a bit more of a prominent role. And I saw his name on the credits and I got so, Nathan Fillion's in this. <laughs> Noah and I had a segment a few years ago on Lost going like, why is it Nathan Fillion in movies? Well, he is in fucking movies. He's in the DCU, <laughs> the MCU. Guns. Like, I just love this man. I love Nathan Fillion. And I know you don't watch Big Mouth because it's a bit adult for you, but... The fact that there's just a, a running joke about one of the characters being in love with Nathan Fillion and they get Nathan Fillion to come in and play himself. Like, I just I just love this, man. Get get Nathan Fillion on the T-shirt for me. I want to I wear him. I just watched the, uh, the... Was it the first movie? One of the first movies we ever did for the Oz Network uh, that he was in, Blast from the, Blast past, from the past, with Brendan Fraser as <laughs> Cliff. <laughs> He's a butt with a face. Let's go, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, I mean, yeah, Nathan Fillion's amazing. And it's funny because the show he's biggest for, Castle, is the one where I'm like, I don't really get it. But Not like the Firefly. Rookie? <laughs> the, the, oh, the rookie. Yeah, I can't wait. To... But, uh, you know, Firefly, I mean, a show that lasted like 14 episodes. I mean, he's amazing in that. Anything I see him in, he's fantastic. It, it is kind of like, is this James Gunn's love letter to his friends, though? Mm. Uh, because... When you look at these characters where he introduced them, like Adam Warlock, Sylvester Stallone, Michelle Yeoh, where they have nothing in this movie or they don't even appear, but the amount of screen time he gives Nathan Fillion, which which works, like I love Nathan Fillion, 
But you look at the amount of screen time that Nathan Fillion gets. You look at the amount of screen time his brother gets in this movie. Yeah. And then you're like, Kate, you couldn't have given like a couple of these lines to Adam Warlock or one of these other characters or Cosmo well, the dog. I'm still wondering where Greg Sestro was in this film because in our interview with him, he said that he's good friends with James Gunn's brother. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we're waiting for to see Greg Sestro pop up in the MCU. Come on. Uh, I guess the Mantis is uh, the other one here, which uh, the, oh, yeah, the two compliments I want to give is uh i guess for the acting so everybody from the beginning was like oh batista is so good it was the same thing with like what's her name here um palm clementif um so both of them they're like oh they're so good but again i went back and i watched those first two movies and yes they deliver some of the comedy good but like dave batista's acting in part one is like laughably bad when he actually has to act palm clementif same thing in volume two They've grown into good actors. Like, I don't think either of them are really actors from the beginning, but wow, they have some good stuff in this movie too. I mean, they're not going to reach the levels of like the Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, and Bradley Cooper dramatic scenes. But also, I guess with their their characters kind of being paired up, goes a different direction than you think it would go. But uh, I, I think they're the ones that have grown on me the most throughout this franchise because I, I definitely was coming out of the first Guardians. I'm like, Dave Batista definitely had some funny lines, but he is the weak link in this. But now it's like, well, he's definitely one of the strongest. Yeah, no, he was literally as well. Like he was really good. And the one actually too that I don't think we've mentioned at all, Nebula, Karen Gillian, who is one of these oh, ones yeah. who, to me, just like you look at her in real life versus what she looked like, completely different <laughs> to what you picture. Like it's amazing. But she grew on me a lot in this film. Like I kind of like mm-hmm. her, although I don't remember her being a Terminator. Um, but sure, <laughs> she has a, a, an arm now that can shoot shit. But there was just something around her that I, I really liked. And there was one scene with Zoe Saldana as well. Where I'm like, Jesus, her talents are wasted in Avatar. She's so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We I even mean, talked about the Avatar. It's like she's too good for a lot of these franchises. Yeah, exactly. Um, but And, like, this sounds weird to say, but, like, there's some moments with Vin Diesel. He's like, I mean, it's just, I know he literally says, I am Groot, although he doesn't in this movie. He has more than a line. Is he, Also, is this the first MCU to ever have the F-bomb in it? I think it is. I, I I read one of the stories I read was saying that. Yeah, I mean, good on you, James Gunn, for sneaking it in there. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's like, was it this? They're like, we're gonna break ground here. It was literally just a joke. It was not essential to the story. Sometimes you get like the the. the I think the the first use of it in Canadian network television was like, we can't cut this because it is so essential to the story because this emotional scene. It's like, this is him telling people to open the door. (laughs) I remember in an episode of Home in a way that was so controversial that like, oh, two girls are going to kiss for the first time. Like this is, you know, (laughs) early 2000s. It was, oh no, gay, it's so bad. And like, literally it was like this scene where they like kiss and it's like the most, you can't, can't even barely see it. And they cut away before you can even realize what they're doing. And that was so controversial. I think they had that on, um, there was an episode of Will and Grace where they basically did a whole thing about like, they're going to air a, a, a same sex kiss on national TV. And they basically ended up cutting it. So then Will ends up going on to like the Today Show. It might've even been Bobby Cannavale's first episode, if I'm thinking of it correctly. And he literally stands behind the, who's the weather guy that Al Roker or whatever his name is. Yeah. And he's basically like live on the Today Show and like makes out with him. And that was... Will and Grace is like first well, on-screen kiss as well. So they're like, oh, that like big deal. Disney's gay character in Beauty and the Beast that amounts to nothing or, or Star Wars. We're going to have the first gay couple in Star Wars and it's two people in the background hugging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who was um, Josh Gad, wasn't it, in Beauty and the Beast yeah. in, the, in the background as well? Yeah. It's really, um, can we talk about, and again, I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Chuk Whitey Iwaji? Uh, how do you say I it? wasn't going to get his name right. I'm glad you went there first. He's, um, I mean... 
there, this is one thing you got to say though about the the MCU films back to back. Like obviously, I remember it was Ant Man. Can I also point out this is the thirty second MC. How did we go from the twentieth to the thirty second in like five <laughs> minutes? Um, but like we've Disney gone, Plus. we've gone back to back with like two pretty strong villains mm-hmm. with a bit interesting. Like he's no what's his face from Ant Man, but I still like this guy. This guy, like yeah. he put on like, and he's just it's that menacing level of just evil. And I love in the pitch meeting where they're like, you're going to automatically hate this guy because he kills puppies. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like he's just got that craziness about him, that mad scientist where again, the plot really, I don't get what he was doing, but like he just, there was just something about him that kind of just worked. And I, I, I'd never heard of this actor before, but he's really good. No. Uh, the other interesting thing is that I don't think this movie promoted that, it had a villain. Yeah. And if anything, I think a lot of people expected, well, maybe Adam Warlock will be like a villain turned hero in it or something. But I had no clue. And it, I was would say. Peacemaker? Was he? Sorry to interrupt. It says he was in a couple episodes of Peacemaker. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but like, I would say 45 minutes into this movie, you still can't tell if he's going to be the main villain or not. He's just, oh, this is a guy. And it's slowly throughout the course of the movie, you're like, oh, he's the main villain. And maybe other people kind of knew enough spoilers they uh figured it out going in but yeah if anybody steals this movie it's him and uh, what what makes this even crazier is we often talk about the things that you know uh one of these franchises are weak at something when even the diehard defenders that will defend anything as bad as it sucks they'll even be like oh yeah this is a weakness marvel fans have always said our villains are our weakness the mcu diehards will say yeah we're not great at villains there's movies I, I still can't remember who the villain is in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, you know, uh, and I think there were probably like six in that movie. Who is the villain? Struggling in to. <laughs> That's a good question. In the end, unless they cast a famous actor yeah. as a villain, you forget who the villains are. Yeah, you know, true. Ca- Captain Marvel, I don't know, was Annette Benning the the villain? I just remember she was famous and then like, we got Annette Benning in a movie. No, it was um but, wasn't um oh oh Jude Law the villain, wasn't he? Was he? Maybe. I don't know. Was, I watched Annette. What did I watch Annette Benning? I watched that um movie with her and Brian Cranston about the lottery the other day on Paramount. It was a movie Plus. with her and Brian Cranston about the lottery? It was like this old based on a true story about this old couple who basically Brian Cranston like plays a mathematician guy who breaks the lottery and works out how to win the lottery all the time. Can't something <laughs> Marge go large it was, it was quite good. Oh, okay. I've heard I have heard of that. Yeah, anyway, I've heard that. Tangent. Uh but yeah, like you you forget who the villains are. The fact that we've had two movies back to back that used, I know Jonathan Majors was getting a lot of hype coming into that movie, which had a lot to do with that and Creed coming out at the same time. But people didn't know, you know, uh, 10 months beforehand who either of these guys were. When you start this movie, you don't know who Chikwudi Iwuji You don't know who West. But the fact that these two complete unknown actors have such incredible presence in these movies. Like, yeah, they're finally onto the villains. You know, they, 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 they've finally gotten something right. Actually, I do remember him. Uh, looked him up in Peacemaker. He, I think he was uh, one of sort of like the, uh, the good guys in the little good group. And he was the first one that you realize is like one of the weird creatures with the tongues, the lizard creatures or whatever it is. He's like, Oh of- yeah. Now that I'm looking at his picture out of outside of guardians, I definitely yeah. know what you're talking and about. And he's yeah. a designated survivor as well. Eight for, episodes. Yeah. Uh, Doctor who apparently. So good for him. But um, yeah, I, I think like, cause you even think about who they've had. I mean, like I'm trying to just, how we had 32 films, but who, what was before <laughs> Ant-Man? Was that Thor? And that was Christian 
Bale, and even you kind of got to double take and remember that Christian Bale was a bad guy in, in the MCU, right? Yeah. And what did we even have last year? <laughs> Well, there was Black Widow. There was Shang Chi. Shang Chi had a decent villain. Fuck, I can't um, remember Shang Chi's villain. Wasn't the dad the villain? <laughs> Black Widow. Yeah. It was fuck. Um, <laughs> Eternals. The, the, the movie was the villain. Um, yeah. Didn't Richard Madden turn out bad in that movie? I don't think so. But uh, what other movies did we have? We've had oh Black Panther. We had the cool um, aquatic dude with the gills. He was cool. He was. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange, it was, I guess, uh, Elizabeth Olsen was technically the yeah. villain. Spider-Man was Willem Dafoe. I mean, come on. Um, and that's kind of what we've had, hasn't it? So um, what is it even the next MCU film? Oh, the Marvels, you know. Um, the Marvels, yeah. <laughs> if you, have you seen the trailer for it? Like, the trailer looks like they've already fixed all, a lot of the problems with the first one. I mean, in all fairness, I like What's-Her-Face, um, the, the TV show girl. So, yeah, yeah that'll, that'll be Marvel. good. Um, but yeah, like I think they're, they're onto something with the villains. I mean, I guess Thanos, you know, you're not going to top Thanos's peak, but I guess you could also make the argument with some of the more recent DCU films. I mean, have we really had a standout villain recently? And that, like, I mean, obviously I'm Team DC. I mean, you know, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren were pretty good in Shazam. I mean, I was obviously a fan of, of Wonder Woman '84 more so than you. Um, I mean, the Suicide Squad. It was the eye thing, the fish <laughs> star Slash Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of, you know, but like, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chicken Chicken Wild uh, Wild West was great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, yes. Uh, even looking at his filmography, what's, what's crazy about this is that his most prominent role he had on anything prior to this was like an episode or two of The Peacemaker. So yeah. this is just a guy that James Gunn brought on for like a bit part. And he's like, you're good enough. I'm making you the next big MCU villain. Like, well, wow. I'm glad he did. Cause he's fantastic. He played Braun in Daniel isn't real. <laughs> but that one, that was the sequel to Margin. Daniel is real. Daniel go large, right? <laughs> Actually, it was, it was good. But it's just one of those, like, you know, sometimes when you just want to watch just like a harmless movie that is just like, it's kind of almost like a late 90s, early 2000s, just like a bit mm. of mindless fun. And Brian Cranston. That's what I've been in the mood for lately. Yeah. I, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was just a random movie. Where I'm just like, cool. I'm going to watch this. And I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Just before we wrap up here, um, this is, every, as everybody stated, the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Uh, I kept wondering, I'm like, you know, up. are they going to go anywhere from here? You watch the post credit scenes, you immediately get where they're going from here. Will it be a James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy movie? No. But I'm like, oh, you're going in two separate directions here. So, I mean, definitely watch. This is the first time where, yeah, the post credit scenes will matter. I will say more so than the second post credit scene is what comes up after the second post credit scene. We're like, oh, okay, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, now. I think that that last one was, I felt it was a bit, um, was it one of the Spider-Man movies when they, my favorite one, when they got Captain America and it's like, don't you hate it when you wait for something yeah. so long and it doesn't live up to expectations? Like that was the, uh, so that was, I felt that was a little bit it. And I'm like, huh? But then, yeah, you yeah. kind of see that like graphic at the end, which I mean, I actually didn't even realize what the number one box office film was of this year until I looked up because I saw like Guardians of the Galaxy is like the third biggest box office film in the world. I'm like, what's number one? Fucking Mario, Mario. Brothers is yeah. like one and a half billion dollars. I didn't realize it was that successful. And Chris Pratt's in that, right? So like, 
Oh, Jesus, Chris he's Brock. back. Um, yeah, didn't he get cancelled? Isn't he like a religious nut job <laughs> or something? Um, I like Chris Pratt. Like, I don't know if we talk him up enough, but I like him. I mean, I'm a huge Parks and Recreation fan, and I mean, if anybody has not seen him on Parks and Recreation, just look up YouTube clips. So you'll see the funniest man you've ever seen in your life. Uh, but the uh, honestly, the only thing that I don't like Chris Pratt in is the Jurassic World movies. Anything yeah. else he's in, he's great. Yeah, no, I and I do you blame Chris Pratt for that though, or do you blame? Oh, definitely not. I don't because like I think Chris Pratt does what he can do in that. Like I mean, yeah. I definitely don't blame Chris Pratt for those movies. Um, <laughs> oh God, are we we have to do Dominion at one point, don't we? What, what's worse, yeah. Dominion or Rise of Sky? Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I, uh, God, Dominion. I don't want to dislike. I don't want to dislike anything Star Wars or Jurassic Park, but you kind of have to. But I mean, I know we've ranked the Chris's before, and I think yeah. you and I are more Chris Evans. He's our, mm-hmm. he's our, he's our Chris. That's uh, our Chris. That's our, <laughs> hashtag, that's our Chris. He's our a, Chris, Chris Pine, our Chris. Oh, Chris Pine. Sorry, not Chris Evans. Yeah. yeah no, God, I got the wrong Chris. Too many Chris's. <laughs> he can't even keep track of Chris's. No, Chris O'Donnell's my Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Pine. I was about to say, he's a spy. Wrong Chris. What's he in something? I saw a trailer for him coming out soon for something that looked good. I still have to watch the spy movie he made with Tandy Newton. Is that the one with Keith Sutherland in it as well? No, he made two spy movies that literally came out like a month apart, both on Amazon. One was Keith Sutherland, one was Tandy Newton. (laughs) Oh, no, there was some trailer I just saw with him in it, and it looked really good. Uh, I know he's in Dungeons & Dragons, which kind of, you know, almost made me want to watch it. But, um, yeah, best Chris. Hashtag best Chris. Everybody who keeps talking about Dungeons and Dragons, my response is like, "Oh, I'll watch it because of Chris Pine." <laughs> uh, did you see <laughs> the? Did you see the Jeremy Irons one back in the day? I remember wagging yeah. school to go see that with my friend back in the year two thousand. I didn't yeah, think I it was bad, going. but I mean that was twenty three years ago. So. I'd love to revisit it because it was one of these things where people criticize it, but I'm like, "But it's like a Dungeons and Dragons movie, so isn't it supposed to be cheesy?" And <laughs> I think video games are getting a bit of a renaissance at the moment. I just watched The Last of Us, and that was brilliant. So uh, if you haven't watched oh, I that, see that. Uh, Pedro Pascal, that man can't do any wrong, but um, except for maybe Mandalorian Season 3. But he wasn't in it. He just did a voice. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yes. Uh, you diesel it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, I am definitely going to buy this movie. I don't know how many of the MC movies I've actually bought. You uh, rented Volume 2, I can see here, which I obviously didn't do a review back then. And I, I like that one more yeah. than the first. So, yeah. Um, and, and I did watch the holiday special, by oh, the way. Yes. And- we, we do get... We do get uh, I, I, the the little thing at the end. Did you catch the the thing during one of the post credit scenes? It's a reference to the holiday special. No. <laughs> there's the news. There's a newspaper, and you see a reference to Kevin Bacon being. Oh, uh, so, I didn't yeah. even pay attention at the end to see to a Kevin Bacon. It. I was secretly hoping Kevin Bacon was going to make an appearance in this movie, but I mean, the holiday special is, is the holiday special. Is it his, his actual band that's playing the alien band in that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If Wonder I, if that's his brother. If that's Mark, but um, that I mean that to me is one of the best mcu things just because <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh kira help me um so good um i'm gonna rent it it like it's just i don't hate it but i just don't love it and again as i so often say with these movies don't know if i'll ever watch it again like mm. maybe in t- i saw like a meme the other day it's like kids in the year 2062 having to catch up on all 892 mcu yeah. films and 412 412- <laughs> Uh, you know, MCU TV shows to work out who this villain is in part seven or something like that. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like it just, it's just such a robot machine now that like, even I feel MCU fans aren't coming out and glowing and going like, Oh, these films, like the cinema I was in was quite full for a Tuesday night, like three weeks into a release film. But Again, you don't get that sense of excitement about MCU films anymore that you used to. It's the superhero. Like everybody's talking this year about superhero fatigue because when you look at Ant Man's box office, Shazam's box office, even Guardians 3's box office, it's it's down across the board, and the response just hasn't been there. So yeah, that's the the big thing of 2023 is is superhero fatigue kicking in, which I think it is. But I think the fact that both studios are slowing down their output is probably going to help that. Because now we've got the Marvels being pushed to November and nothing else until I think Blade is the next one and not even to start filming it. Yeah, I'm looking at it because I think the, literally the day of us recording this, they announced that Deadpool is being starting today. Um, but yeah, next year we've got uh, well, Captain America New World Order in May. Oh, is that... <laughs> is anybody <laughs> you seeing that one? Thunderbolts? What the fuck is that? Isn't that a dog that was like animated spin off with... Um, the uh, spinoff with Black Widow's sister. What's her name? Florence Pugh. Oh, Florence Pugh. Okay, I'll watch that. Um, and <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Uh, Bla- and then, yeah, after that, we've got... So, Jesus, Phase 5 ends next year. Not a long phase. And then we've got Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, Avengers, The Kang Dynasty, and Avengers, Secret Wars. Um, so, cool. But I guess we get a DC movie in a few weeks, don't we, Colin? The Flash. They're yeah. advertising the shit out of that at the cinema I went to. Every single poster was The Flash, The Flash, The Flash. And, you know, we had all these early responses, you know, over the last couple of months where, you know, uh, people are saying, even James Gunn was like, it's one of the best superhero movies ever made. You know, like, okay, take it with a grain of salt. And now that some people have actually started seeing it, like that's universally what I'm seeing. Oh, it is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made, which, you know, it, it, you're, you're going to get a lot of people who are just like, oh, it's Michael Keaton back as Batman. But like, this is a movie where you could tell they used it right. And again, knowing the comic books is kind of inspired by it's about an older Batman and everything. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of interest just in seeing Michael Keaton again. But even if what I'm seeing, just the, the responses, people are almost willing to forgive Ezra Miller now because of how good uh, it seems that he is in The Flash. Because this will be the next one that we obviously do because it literally is only, what, like two, three weeks away from being released, isn't it? Which, I mean, yeah. I guess it's kind of almost a different marketing ploy that they did with Spider-Man because the whole thing with Spider-Man was like, keep it secret, keep it secret about Toby and Andrew. And then that, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they did it with like Willem Dafoe and you knew these people were coming back. But this time around, you know, Michael Keaton is going to be in this film and he's featured prominently in the advertising. Obviously, Ben Affleck as well. I mean, I'm still holding out hope for uh, Val. I mean, he, he's nearly dead, but I mean, Val, <laughs> I, honestly, George Clooney, would be absolutely hilarious, even though he's distanced himself so much from it. Christian Bale, of course, we would just, I would love to just see them bring all the Batmans. Like that would just mm-hmm. be insane. Like I, I don't kind of want to put it out there to say that would be bigger than the Spider-Mans, but I mean, in a way, you know, if you've got George Clooney, Christian Bale, Val Kilmer coming back, I mean, two, two Oscar winners and Val Kilmer, yeah. um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Even like, I don't know if Henry Cavill is like rumored to be appearing in this, like do what they did in the TV show, bring back Brandon Ralph, you know, like just, just bring back, bring your old freaking, um, what's his face? Tom Welling, like the, 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 the new Superman that I don't even know who he is. I think he's yeah, coming to a Comic Con here in Sydney. The, the, oh, Lois, he's great. Lois and Clark or whatever it is. Freaking Dean Kane. <laughs> I would lose my shit on D. Like I'm like ah Christian Bale, who cares? Like, Dean Kane. 
I, I keep thinking about the likelihood of Christian Bale ever doing this, and it, it seems so unlikely. But then it was uh, everybody knows about that that Paul Bettany story where uh, before he people ask him questions like, "Oh, what was it like to you know play an MCU character in the flesh after only doing the voice?" He goes, "I never did the voice of an MCU character," forgetting that he had done <laughs> like the Iron Man movies. Christian Bale had one of those where somebody was saying like, "Oh, you, you did an MCU movie?" Like, I've never done a Marvel movie. And like Thor, he goes. Oh yeah, you're right. That was a Marvel movie. <laughs> like Pierce so Brosnan in James Bond. Which one was that one? What did I do in that one? If Christian Bale has now gotten to the point where he forgets that he was Batman and he's like, you mean I get to be Batman? I've never been Batman before. This would be amazing. <laughs> then he's uh, back. I'm actually, I'm because I mean, June's a big month. Like we, we've often talked about how there's not a lot coming on, but I mean, obviously between The Flash and Indiana Spider-Man. Jones. Uh, oh yeah. Honestly, like, I don't think I'll go see. I, you know, I oh, think. I'll, oh, I'm going. I think that the old animated one was a little bit overrated, but that's controversial. Oh, shut up. But um, the one that I think uh, I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about, maybe this is a Patreon one, but the trailer for Mission Impossible, that looks pretty good. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I, I think my heart came. just stopped there for a second just mentioning <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean that that looks pretty darn epic. So I, I don't yeah. know if I'm gonna have time to rewatch all the Mission Impossibles beforehand. And I, I did it last year, and I'm doing it again of this year. You did. I, I mean, I, my next kind of thing is um you know in the lead up and and we're in the the planning stages right now to do a celebratory 20th anniversary episode for the Nip Tuck, which. One person that's potentially confirmed is a person that Colin wants to join the episode yeah. for, for a different show that he's involved in. But uh, I'm going to try maybe binge watch Nip Tuck ahead of its 20th anniversary. But um, Mission Impossible, I'll put it on the list. I'm actually going to watch the Harry Potter movies this year. Do you want to join me? Uh, <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> you know, I think there's twice Jamie's maybe watched that entire series. I'm like, I... I like Gary Oldman and that's it. I've watched them once in my life. I saw them, you know, a couple at the movies, a couple here and there. I never bothered. I'm like, yeah, for sure. They're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be bringing you actually the 24. Uh, and Indiana Jones starts that, in like else. And Indiana Jones is starting, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, and other than that, uh, just listen to our other shows because... We do, are do, more. Do you want to tease it? A, a couple of bonus episodes that are dropping next week out of nowhere. I just make them complete surprises. Are, are, are we? Are, are we going to tease that now? Nah, or? Just fuck it. You just wake up on Tuesday, Wednesday next week for the episode you didn't know you wanted. All the people, all the people who've been waiting for it, are just going to see it and what? I literally told Colin what we did because it was literally a random episode with a special guest, and then I'm like, Colin, you're joining us next week, and he's like, oh, Tell me what time. <laughs> And no, it's not Titanic, sadly. But anyway. <laughs> uh, he yeah, also likes die another day too. By the way, who will be joining us? So, oh, <laughs> of course, you make friends with people like this. He loves die another day. I can't wait for him to to meet you. Of course, he would. Uh, we get no on this episode too, so we balance things out. <laughs> <laughs> the special guests are coming, um, and twenty four, and Flash, and Indiana Jones, and no more Guardians. It's done now. It's over. Uh, let it be buried and rest in peace. My name is Colin, and kill one guy, just one stupid guy no one loves. And my name is Ben, and I'm a bad dog. 
Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.